Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for forty days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of a beloved and loving God, amen. Amen. The season of Lent has arrived, and if we didn't realize that as we did the great litany, we did realize it as we read our Gospel and heard about Jesus in the wilderness, a story that we hear to bring us into Lent every year. Perhaps because Lent is God's invitation to each of us to enter the wilderness. I thought all week about how to talk about wilderness today. It's an easy thing to avoid, though, because wilderness is scary. Finally, I sat down yesterday determined to pin this wilderness thing down. I did some reading, made some notes got up and made a cup of tea. Then I thought, oh, we're surrounded by wilderness. Look at all this snow. And I went on Facebook to see if I could find the best snow picture on my friend's pages. And then I made another cup of tea. While the water was heating up, I found a news magazine. The news is full of wilderness. I saw an article describing acres of plastic floating in the ocean off the coast of Hawaii. Polluted wilderness. I saw a picture of a man carrying his baby through a river on the Hungarian border. Global wilderness. I saw political cartoons sketching out the broken bits of our human wilderness. This was all real, but I was starting to feel like just maybe I was avoiding something. So I headed back to my computer where I checked my email. Jennifer Newbold had sent me a link to a TED Talk that Tony had spoken of during his Ash Wednesday sermon. It was by social researcher Brene Brown. Her talk was about vulnerability. This could help, I thought. Wilderness is very vulnerable. So I hit play. Ninety seconds later, my computer crashed. For 27 minutes, I watched my screen as Windows rebooted, configured updates, failed, shut down, rebooted, configured updates, shut down. You get the picture. Maybe you've been there. I was in Windows 7 wilderness. It's amazing the rabbit holes we can fall down when we are avoiding difficult topics. I think Lent calls us into the difficult world of looking at both Jesus' wilderness moments And our own. In the wilderness, Jesus encountered great trials, 
He was hungry, tempted, thirsty, and physically depleted. He was, in many ways, quite alone. Have you ever been utterly alone? Solitude is a very real wilderness. I spent a week in silence once, which is a lot like being alone. In silence, my attention was drawn deeper into myself and deeper into God's presence, neither of which were as easy to encounter as I had hoped. I was 23 years old and practiced in the art of denying any pain or challenge in my world. I had a college degree that I didn't really know how to use and a plane ticket to Africa where I was going to be starting the Peace Corps soon. I had recent memories of sitting with my beloved grandmother while she died. I had other heartaches, too. In the normal rhythm of life, these things were easily ignored. But in silence, pain rushed forth, and God and I sat with it and cried for days. It was one of the first times I had voluntarily entered wilderness, and it was both awful and blessed. I usually avoid wilderness. Maybe most of us do. And yet we find ourselves in it, don't we? We get lost in the barren land of grief or illness, overwhelm, addiction, loneliness, or dried up relationships. And yet, God keeps promising to be with us in our wilderness. Today's Genesis reading gives us one in a series of promises made by God to creation. As the story goes, the world was full of violence. Creation had gone terribly awry. So God decided to wash it all away in a flood and start over. One family was given the chance to build a boat and fill it with animals. They were to be the seeds of a new creation. The storm raged and most of creation drowned. Perhaps God saw the anguish as creation was destroyed. Perhaps God anguished in each death. Somehow, God changed God's mind. This was not the way to deal with violence. A rainbow appeared as the sign of God's promise not ever to do that again. Over the years, creation kept messing up, and God kept making new promises and figuring out ways to be present to a broken creation, yet we kept hurting ourselves and one another. So finally, God came up with a very new way to fulfill a promise of presence. That new answer was the incarnation. God came to be physically present with us in the person of Jesus. Now, before Jesus came, plenty of people, I assume, had tried to make the same promise of presence back to God that God had made to us. But it kept being really hard for human beings to keep that promise. In the person of Jesus, however, we had God physically present with humans And we had this human being who was actually capable of being ever-present with God. I think this may be why Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days, to escape the distractions of everyday life and to go be with God, 
to listen for the will of God and the presence of God in his life. Now we hear that he encountered evil out there too because no part of existence is purely good. But he also encountered the holy. He was kept company by wild beasts. And he was tended to by angels. How extraordinary. While we know that we probably cannot ever withstand the kind of wilderness situations that Jesus put himself in, we do know that Jesus taught us by example to try to be with God. And I think we are called to emulate Jesus within our own contexts and abilities. Lent gives us an opportunity to do just that. To intentionally be present to God. To listen to get away from distractions and tasks and other tools of avoidance. This means something different for each of us. For some, it means making a daily date with God. Same time, same place, every day. In the book, The Little Prince, a fox asks the prince to tame him. He asks the prince to come to him at the same hour each day. If, for example, the fox said, you always come at four o'clock in the afternoon, then at three o'clock I shall begin to be happy. I shall feel happier and happier as the hour advances. At four o'clock I shall already be jumping about. I shall show you how happy I am. But if you come at just any time, I shall never know at what hour my heart is to be ready to greet you. Same time, same place, every day. It may be that you enjoy having a Lenten devotional to read, and we have some good ones here to give you in the back of the church. Now, I don't know about you, but when I use daily readings in my Lenten practice, I tend to read the reading for the day and then get up and go. In youth group recently, we watched a talk given by one of the brothers at the monastery in Cambridge. And in it, he said that we tend to talk, talk, talk in our prayers. And then we get up and go. And when we leave, we leave God saying, hey, wait a minute. I haven't had a chance to say anything yet. While reading can reveal the things that God is saying, it can also be a little bit like prayerful chatter. Lots of words and no room for listening. What if we sat in silence for at least five minutes after we read our Lenten devotionals? What if our Lenten practice has to do with following the Spirit and looking for a different way to connect with God each day? Spontaneity can actually be a practice when our practice is to watch for the Holy Spirit and join whatever the Holy Spirit is up to. A friend of mine has a Lenten practice of writing down the most beautiful thing that she sees each day when she goes to bed. The result is that she walks through Lent looking for beauty, looking for God's fingerprints on things. What a wonderful way to prepare one's heart for the joy and promise of Easter. You may already have a Lenten practice. Or you may be thinking of taking one on. Ultimately, I think the main goal of a Lenten practice, whatever it is, is to give God clearer access to us and to give us clearer access to God.
In many cases, the space created in a spiritual practice is a wilderness of sorts. But not the kind of wilderness that happens to us. Rather, a kind of wilderness that we co-create with God to be more intimate with our Creator. Now, I joked about the snow earlier, but I do think that in many ways this snow this winter is a wilderness. One full of beauty, to be sure, but also full of inconvenience and loneliness, danger and anxiety, especially this weekend as we wonder about all these ice dams and as big sheets of ice fall off this roof. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Now, amid this wintry wilderness, we have had moments of being trapped and unable to go anywhere. Last Sunday was one of those times for many of us. Neither Tony nor I could get to church. But the Rossboroughs came across the street and opened the doors. They welcomed Sam Viley, who had come to Acolyte, along with his mom, Kelly, and choir members Bill Leonard and Harriet Bridges. They came to add their voices and sing the prayers in this space. Jean Bell and her son David also came. Eight parishioners sat in front of this altar and prayed morning prayer together with each of their voices. And as I imagine them here, the line from the wilderness gospel that keeps coming to me is this. And the angels waited on him. Eight angels sat at the feet of Jesus last Sunday and worshipped on the part of all of us. In the wilderness, angels have an opportunity to do their thing. To serve Jesus in the snow or in the desert. To listen for the voice of God telling them where they are needed. To be present to both pain and beauty. To open churches and add voice to prayer. Maybe Lent calls us into the wilderness. Maybe Lent also calls us to be angels. To serve God and one another with the utter love that will be more fully revealed come Easter Day. Amen.